Hello. How are we doing? Good. And yourself, Emma? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Thanks for uh, the time. I appreciate it. Won't keep you for too long, but want to talk about the new album and uh, the show coming up and look in the rearview mirror a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Being in the car. But uh, yeah. but first, I'm going to start off a little bit selfishly. You guys being from Portland, Oregon, I'm a SoCal native my whole life, and I'm a massive craft beer fan. And I'm dying to mm-hmm. get up to Portland because I know that's one of the capitals. But I'm also kind of like the Wicked Witch of the West. I hate the rain. Like, I kind of melt <laughs> when it rains. So is there like a perfect time frame to go to Portland where I can avoid the rain? June. June. Okay. June and July and August. But I can tell June, you know, there's always a chance. <clears throat> but July, August, it's going to be hot. So if you I, – I always recommend – that or actually i don't know i guess anytime from like june through end of september because fall in the northwest is my favorite so if you get to check it out at the end of september you should and anything else besides the craft beer that i need to see while i'm in portland is there any anything else any good rock clubs or anything uh you know there's there's stuff um uh, It's it's kind of it's kind of a towny place, honestly. You know, um, lots of lots of good dive bars, lots of really good food, mm. um, and then it's just a beautiful place. You know, waterfalls and uh, mountains near the city. So um, there's there's a lot to do. Mostly outdoorsy stuff. A lot of nature, then. Okay, so craft beer and nature. That's that's the whole vibe. <laughs> beautiful. Well, I can't tell you. I, I've been listening to the hell out of the new album, Symptoms of Survival nonstop great album great flow to it and i'm kind of curious because this is album number two and they always say that you know artists have their whole life to write album number one and so i'm curious they always talk about the sophomore jinx or the sophomore slump clearly not the issue for you but how quickly did you guys start writing new song ideas because the first album fragments of a bitter memory only came out two years ago so imagine you got to it pretty quickly or were there leftover riffs and ideas from the first album no, we just started fresh, essentially. Um, <clears throat> we put out fragments in, on October 1st of 2021, and we were in the studio writing the uh, the the sequel on the one-year anniversary. So wow. we got around to it probably seven months after the record came out we started getting together ideas and writing it so we we didn't really waste any time there and you were also (laughs) on the road at that time too so were you writing and while you were out on the road and i think so if that lines up probably about the time you're out with limp biscuit right yeah so we don't we don't really write on the road but we would just go home and then go while we were home, go to the studio and do our pre-pro there. Um, just because it's so hard, I'm sure, as you know, to like to kind of compartmentalize yourself, especially on tour in that yeah. way, as you can imagine. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And I imagine lyrics always come last, right? Do you just like keep a notebook kind of going? Um, Kind of. We mapped out like what it was that we wanted to talk about topic wise. Mm. So it was easy to like, be like, okay, like here's 15 ideas of stuff we want to talk about and then go from there. And, um, a lot of the writing does happen in studio, but there were a few songs that I prepared before we got in there. So you had a little bit of a template to work off of rather than a, a blank canvas. 
Yeah, it makes it much easier. Well, I knew we were off to a good start when I the first single when we heard uh, "Torn from Your Silhouette." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> good old dying <laughs> wish," and it, it just got better from there. The title track—I mean, e- even the, the one I've been tripping out on the most—is the ballad uh, "Paved in Sorrow" and, and kind of dedicated to your younger sister. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of you know it's it's a complicated song, but I wanted to kind of also try and generalize it as to like. Um, you know, when you get separated from someone or, um, you know, you feel like you kind of fail them a little bit, um, to try to like remedy that, that mistake, I guess. It felt like a parent. It felt like it, like a parent's perspective when I f- was first listening to it and, and getting into the lyrics. And I was like, wow, Emma already has a child. But then after learning some more, it's, <laughs> it's more about your sister who you kind of raised or felt like you should have raised more. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm nine and some change like almost nine and a half years older than her um and so essentially we have different dads but right so i was i was almost 10 when she was born um so i did raise her quite a bit but um you know once our parents got separated you know custody things happen and sure she went and lived in arizona in a while and so i kind of missed out on a lot of her growing up in some ways so that's essentially what it's about well, it's it's interesting from my perspective because I was that younger sibling and kind of the same. So it's kind of interesting to get that other side of the coin, like almost my older brother's perspective. You're saying the same kind of thing. So it's it's a trip to have that from the other side of view. But uh, like I said before, too, killer album, uh, Symptoms of Survival, even the title track is great. And that's really what it's all about is surviving this crazy world that we're in, <laughs> especially these days. Especially, yeah. And, uh, you know, it it was so much so when we wrote the record, but, you know, everything happening over the last month, it just made it so much more, like, relevant. And, you know, I couldn't believe it because I was like, oh, wow, like, what a powerful time for all of this to come out, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in, in getting into the show, we got you in Southern California here at Chain Reaction coming up on December 2nd, already sold out with Boundaries, Foreign Hands and, and Roman Candles. And uh, you got to be obviously pumped for the show. Yeah, that show is going to be really awesome. And I'm hoping that um, the show on December 1st sells out at midnight hour two because um, we played there in 2021 in the small room on like three days notice one time. Um, and then of course we played chain reaction like a ton, <laughs> but yeah, that show sold out in like two days. And that, that is going to be a really big milestone for us as a band. Awesome. And, and getting <laughs> to stretch your wings and probably play more off of the new album than you have. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're on day two of our headliner right now and we're playing a lot of new stuff. So hopefully by then people know more of the words than they do now. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be imagine pretty good balance in both of the first two albums then for the set um yeah you know we we toured so much off the first record that there's songs that we're definitely tired of playing (laughs) um so you know but we play we play the hits off of fragments and any any uh experience or or are you out on the road with the lineup that's going to be there or is it just local bands for that date um for which date for the chain reaction for the other bands boundaries and foreign hands and roman candle is that a tour package oh, yeah. or are they just locals? Um, it's it's the tour package. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And speaking of shows, you just got back from the Lamb of God cruise. How was that? Yes, we did. Tell me about that experience. It was the 
hands down, not only the best artist experience I've ever had, but just like the best like experience overall of anything in my life. It was, <laughs> uh, it was so incredible. And I, you know, I come from, we come from like a hardcore background and we've done metal tours and stuff, but just like the community and the camaraderie that everyone on this boat and all of the respect that they had for each other, it was really like such a beautiful thing to see. Now I'm curious for my own personal benefit again, selfishly, were you there when Randy was dressed up like Elvis marrying a couple? Those are my friends, Roe and Bick, who, who we married on the ship. Were you there for that, that wedding ceremony? I wasn't, I wasn't, Uh, but I heard about it and I did see him dressed up as Elvis and (laughs) um, I thought that was adorable, but yeah, no, that was so cool. Congratulations to your friends. I I looked at my, my partner and I was like, maybe we should get married on this boat. I don't know. Yeah, it was cool to see all the photos. I was so bummed I couldn't be there. And then, and then I saw all the uh, the face paint that came out the day afterwards for the Dia de los Muertos. Did you participate in that as well? I did not. Uh, there was a face painting uh, booth, but they were busy that day for sure. <laughs> and, and then who did you get to play with on the boat? Because I saw it was only like two, three bands a night or, or at different times. Um. Well, there was so many stages that like, we only every stage had like two bands playing a day or something like that. Um, we we hung out with Malevolence and Gate Creeper and Bleed From Within mm-hmm. and uh, Fit for an Autopsy. Those were the bands that we probably hung out with the most. Um, and we, we kind of all were like playing on the same stages as well. So that that was cool. Awesome. I got to make it out to one of those cruises one of these. Did you get any motion sickness or any of that happening or no? No, it's definitely apparent you're on a boat, <laughs> uh, but I didn't get sick personally. So no issues in that in that department for you? No. And I didn't like wear a bracelet or the ear thing or even take Dramamine. I just kind of dealt with it. <laughs> nice. Nice. It, pretty cool to have a vacation and get to play at the same time. It's like a work vacation for you. Yeah, it was, it was, I, yeah, I kept saying, I can't believe we're getting paid to be here. (laughs) And, you know, I started to touch on it earlier and uh, interesting to go back to that time, that Limp Biscuit tour, we had you in in our market, uh, May 31st, Toyota Arena in Ontario. And and, and lots of questions about that tour. A, were you like, WTF, why are we on this tour to begin with? Or was it something that you (laughs) sought out going, Hey, you know what? Even though we don't necessarily sonically sound like them, there's a lot to learn from a guy like Fred Durst. Oh, I mean, both. It was very much like, what are we doing here? (laughs) Um, Their fans, I think they got it, you know, some of them. And if they didn't, they were like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know. Um, But we definitely learned a lot from, you know, just watching them play every night and, how pro they are. They don't play to any tracks. They don't play the same. They don't even go out with the set list, you know? <laughs> so it was just cool to being able to watch people who like have done music for a living for so long and, you know, have created such like a large fan base and, um, you know, just really made a, such a name for themselves. It was, it was really inspirational. I don't know if it was just the show that I was at that was in our market or if it was by design, but that show in particular, they turned on all the house lights and then went, oops, wait, we forgot to play break stuff. And then everyone was out on stage with the house lights up. Was that something they did every time or was that just that one show? Oh, they did it every time. 
They, yeah, they were like, they would turn on all the house lights. And I think that was their way of saying like, we're not doing an encore. This is what you get. And then everyone from the tour package would just go out and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. I can see you in the background rapping along and stuff, you know, having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the guys would like, you know, like piggyback each other and then like, you know, actually like mosh and like try to break stuff you know so it was it was cool <laughs> so cool to hear and, and and interesting that they did that all the time i felt like ah that seemed too too obvious but maybe it was just that one time but no it was a set set thing love it mm-hmm. love it and emma i appreciate all the time last thing i gotta hit you with we're an old school radio station we do a feature called mandatory metallic every night at 10 p.m which you're going to be a part of metallica fan are you uh yeah yeah, I, I grew up on Metallica. I, I would say probably my favorite era is I love like thrash metal. So I'd say like Ride the Lightning. Ah, see, that's that's where I was going to lead to. I've been having this debate this year. Me and my buddy are debating the greatest Metallica album. And that's my buddy's pick is Ride the Lightning, where I come down on the next one, Master of Puppets. They're both good. I would say Ride the Lightning is probably more my style. Why? Just because of the aggressiveness? Yes. Yeah. It's got, I mean, the riffs are awesome. And that was also like the first, that was the first Metallica that really resonated with me. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Do you have a favorite song off of that album we could play for you on mandatory Metallica? Um, is there a title track? Yeah, there is. Ride the lightning. Yeah. Just the, tra- just the title track, ride the lightning. Beautiful. Thank you so much for the time, Emma. And thank you for the great music and hope to see you out there at the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m. to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.